0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or
1: systemize, and even if you don't have deposits.
0: Hello and welcome. We've got Mark Homer here and Shaz Nawaz. Welcome, Shaz. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure. So this is a uh, sort of budget update um, and uh, a little bit of a, a roundup. Shaz and I have been ranting for the last sort of twenty minutes. Uh, politics, economics, a um, little bit about the budget, lots about politicians. Shaz is one well, of those, but I, I have to be. Uh,
1: go on. You enjoy those conversations, though, don't you, really? Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. I do. I, yeah. I, I get wound up with it all, but I, I like a good debate. Shaz, you, you, you sort of. Yeah, you sort of um, well,
1: it's interesting it, to have a. A different view,
0: isn't it, and, it is, kind of yeah. and then reconciling, uh, and compromise. Absolutely, and you can have opposing views and on different sides of a debate, yeah. uh, and remain friends, and, and remain, you know, sort of constructive in your uh, in your arguments, which um, which I certainly value. Well, uh, I think if
1: you're surrounded by people who just think like you, act like you, like you behave like you, uh, then you're not going to be that well rounded, and you're not going to. Broaden your horizon and your
0: scope for thinking about things. You engage in groupthink, yes, which right. is um, yeah, yeah herd mentality. Not good for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rishi has um, has, has jumped up at the dispatch dispatch box today, um, and he's announced various things. None of them massive or sort of you know earth shattering in terms of um, taxation or sort of fiscal. Uh, changes, but um, there are a few things which specifically affect uh, property investors and property development. Um, so I'll, I'll start rolling through them, we can discuss yeah. them. Um, so the first one is um, he says he's going to put 24 billion into housing, 11.5 uh, billion into affordable homes, which should generate about 180,000 new affordable homes. Of course, with this, as always, the devil is in the detail. How much of this is old money that is being recycled? I don't really know. Um, is 180,000 new affordable homes going to make a massive difference? Probably not considering, uh, I don't know, maybe we need four or 500,000 new homes every year. And what is this 180,000 new homes? What Over what period is this? So, as usual, it's probably a bit of a drop in the ocean. Is it going to affect prices, therefore? Probably not very much. Is it going to affect rents? Probably not that much. Um, Any thoughts, Shaz? I know you're sort of quite uh, into the affordable sector. You're interested in it. You you sort of like it. Um, Any thoughts on that? I think this whole wording about affordable
1: is very, very warm and fuzzy to some extent. Uh, because what is sold out to be affordable, really, Mark, isn't affordable to the people who are who can't afford these homes. That, that you sound sense. like
0: a politician. I've
1: been around them for too long, you see. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm observing and learning. But seriously, so, uh, most of these houses, which are branded as affordable, aren't affordable. And if, if the government, any government, by the way, it could be any colour, is serious about addressing the housing crisis and situation, then I think that they need to move away from affordable homes and have a different and new criteria, which takes us off on a tangent. But I think some of this, you're right, uh, the detail comes out uh, in, in the next couple of days, uh, which is really where you get to find out what the budget's really about. These are just headline figures uh, and uh, statements. Uh, but some, uh, you're right, some of it's going to be old recycled stuff, and some of, the, some of this. It's old ideas, really. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's funny you say that. Actually, um, I was well on holiday last week with my uh, wife's sister, and she lives in. Well with
1: your wife's sister and your wife?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, and and, and various about. other people. Okay. So she's been my sister-in-law. Okay. Um, and um, she she lives in a I think it's an affordable home in Cambridge. Housing association owns part of the equity. Uh, and she owns uh, the other part. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's all sort of gone up and gone quite well. However, the rent on the equity portion of the home has something like doubled. Um, and mm. she's really pissed. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's like, it's not affordable. Yeah. Um, and this is supposed to be a housing association. And I sort of didn't quite realise that's how it worked. Uh, but that sort of chimes with what you've just said. Um, so. I don't know. If you want to rent, maybe, either maybe buy or, or you know, if you're going to rent, just rent, because uh, she's put a, quite a big deposit down for this. Um, yeah, well, she's got some equity and she wouldn't have it otherwise. But um, she's got no control over the thing. You know?
1: The problem with these things, Mark, is they sold out to be one thing, hmm. and when a lot of people don't fully understand them, by the way, uh, enter into this arrangement, it turns out to be something very different. Yeah. And that's the big problem
0: that that we have. Yeah. So the next uh, new tax, uh, and we've sort of known about this because it's been quite leaky, this budget. Um, you know, Boris, as usual, has probably been instructing Rishi to uh, signpost and, and, and you know. Boris get, would never do that, oh, Mark. Come on. God, he's he the worst uh, He's um, he. <laughs> I've never seen, you know, he's leakier than a sieve, number 10 in the Treasury is. Um, and so, you know, this new property developer tax, which they've been talking about for a few weeks, they've announced today. Um, It's a 4% surcharge on corporation tax on the profits of uh, larger property developers. It's probably not going to affect most of the people um, who are watching this. So you guys probably won't affect it. It's uh, 25 million. million, So minimum annual profits. I think group profits need to be 25 million. But basically anyone who's doing blocks uh, and residential uh, developments, uh, I think just for investment, um, I'm not sure about that, um, are basically going to have to pay this 4% surcharge on corporation tax, apparently to pay for all of the clabbing, uh, which um, the government have now decided um, is um, needs remediating. Uh, and, you know, it was a mixture of sort of... Um, You know, the wrong stuff put on, the wrong wall build ups, um, and also the goalposts now changing since Grenfell. Uh, It's a bit of a mess, all of that is. Um, I've just been through it on two developments, and my God, all the insurers and the mortgage lenders, they are all over it. Um, I think um, another sort of important theme during this budget period, which we've just been discussing, is inflation. Loads of people are screaming about inflation um, and, you know, obviously it's on the Monetary Policy Committee at the Bank of England and the Treasury's radar. Um, I think it's important to get it into perspective and to understand, um, you know, what's driving this. Um, Factories, offices, you know, goods, services, businesses have been shut during the pandemic um, you know, the the our economies have all open. We're now moving around. We're now spending as we used to, uh, and the supply chains. All of these sort of businesses, their stocks are lower. Uh, therefore, there is a huge supply side shock. Uh, and when there is not enough supply of something, and the demand is the same or greater, the price has to rise. It's just simple economics. Price rises equal inflation. So this is, this was always bound to happen. Uh, it's like you know, after World War II, um, you get a, uh, you know, we, we had a period, there was a massive supply side shock where demand suddenly opened up, you've got the sort of roaring 50s um, and the factories, they got rolling again. It was even worse then because the factories had to sort of retool and start making planes and um, tanks and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it took a while to sort you know, sort out the, the, the supply and, and to get it rolling again. It's not going to take as long this time to get the supply back to where it needs to and to move all the containers around the world to get them in the right places. To get a container from China was something like 15 grand before the pandemic. It's now something like 15 to 20,000. Um, so you know how long does this go on well you know I've heard various estimates if you talk to I spoke to a Porsche dealer who are having problems getting parts they think by Christmas that will have eased Um, but you can imagine into next year this is going to ease Um, and you know anybody who wants to make money all they need to do is turn up to open the taps turn up the the supply and and get the factories rolling Um, and that's happening um, so, whilst inflation has picked up, and I think we're at a, just over 3% at the moment, and they think it could get to 4% next year. That's what they're saying, aren't they? They're saying, yeah, according to um, Rishi, it could get to 4%, uh, maybe 5 I think 5 is probably baked into the numbers of the Monetary Policy Committee. Um, this is due to a shock um, and you know, energy prices and, and various things happening off the back of a pandemic. Um, so... Are interest rates going to rise? Well, the market has priced in uh, an initial rise potentially next month of 0.1%. So it's not major um, because I think it's still the view of the, the Bank of England and, and, and probably the markets um, that uh, you know this, this does abate next year could get into a cycle, could could mean, you know, wage as you get wage rises, as is happening, um, that could then, you know, sort of feed into core, core prices uh, and then create this sort of vicious circle. That's possible, but at the moment, we're not quite there. So it, it is important to get this into perspective. Um, I've got the, the, the co- sort of curve here of the market-implied, um, sort of market-implied interest rate um, rises, um, you know, and and the view of the collective view of the financial markets in September 23, uh, sorry, in September this year uh, versus uh, now. Uh, And if you look forward, the the markets believe that base rate probably gets to about 1.1% in 2026. uh, And in September uh, of this year, the market thought by 2026, base rate was going to get to 0.9%. So uh, yes, interest rates are probably going to go up earlier and maybe go up more. But if you take the best guess from the market, the market's expecting that in five years' time, in base rate will be about 0.2% higher. So it, it needs to be, you know, sort of seen in perspective. Is that definitely right? No. Does anybody know for sure? Absolutely not. Lots of new stuff comes out, you know, as... You know, time goes on. You don't know what's going to happen to oil prices. You don't know what's going to happen to, um, you know, wages and all the rest of it. And you know, this stuff does catch uh, economists out. But you know, it is important to sort of get some perspective around this. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, it'd be interesting to see over the next few months what happens. Um, interestingly, though, government guilt today. Um, have increased a, a good chunk which means that they're a bit cheaper now the the, the interest rates associated with those are a bit lower uh, which means that banks can probably lend sorry banks can probably borrow from wholesale markets maybe 0.1 percent cheaper today on a 10-year basis than they could yesterday and that's off the basic off the back of the budget uh, because basically the the bank has decided, that they're going to print less money and issue less bonds uh, than they did than the market believed was going to be the case yesterday. So it all needs to sort of be seen in in perspective. Um, any, anything sort of from you on that, Shaz? If you, I suppose you're you're looking at price in your developments and various other things and interest rates. Well, <laughs> but mattered, the there? yeah,
1: there's only one way interest rates can go. Uh, which is obviously up. Well, they uh, could go negative. I doubt it, yeah. It's pretty they, unlikely, isn't it? They could, yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's pretty unlikely. unlikely. Yeah. So uh, that's something that, that people need to bear in mind. But yeah. overall, for property investors, there isn't much in this particular budget. But I think on, on a wider scope, uh, I, I was quite disappointed with this budget. You would be sure no no seriously I'm I'm trying to be very objective in your presence by the way. Yeah, very very objective. Yes Uh, but because I think a a Big challenge which affects a lot of people be property investors entrepreneurs or anybody else uh, Is the pressure on local government because I think partly let's if we move away from business people care about how often their streets clean are their bins emptied uh, council tax, business rates, those kind of things yeah. which affect them on a daily basis, yeah. uh, which is uh, mainly uh, administered by local authorities and councils, yeah. uh, who've had, to seen their budget cut by eighty percent in Peterborough. Yeah. So we used to get fifty-five million pounds, okay, uh, in revenue support grant. Mm-hmm. We now get ten million.
0: And I noticed today they said they were going to increase funding to local authorities, but is that is that significant or
1: just for the social care? Okay, that's it. Right. Nothing else, and it's not yeah, not very much. Yeah. So I tell you what's going to happen, by yeah. the way, and it's no secret get surprise gobbled up. But that's going to get spent on adult social care yeah. and partly um, maybe for for children, but we're all going to have to pay more council tax. Yeah. I've seen uh,
0: that in the local paper this week. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, and that's not gonna form anywhere here because that's more of a yeah. local government uh, issue. And that's what this budget budget should have uh, tackled, but it hasn't. And yeah. Unfortunately, what we're finding nowadays with politicians is all of them just want to deliver good news. Mm. So they talk about leveling up. I mean, some of these ideas uh, are old ideas. So, uh, Gordon Brown uh, introduced uh, Sure Start, And there's something similar here Mm. from Rishi Sunak where he's kind of going back to that again. So he's just trying to reinvent the same old in a different guise. But I think they're not tackling the, the key problems and issues that people care about. On a daily basis?
0: Well, let's be honest, Boris is a bit of a cheerleader, isn't he? Um, you know, he's he's, he's good at um, getting people on board, man of the people, sort of nails round and, you know, comes and has cups of tea with people and sort of sits down with his shirt hanging out, and people love that, or lots, some people do. Um, but when it comes to the detail, um, you know, and, and critically relevant to this, fiscal responsibility, I'm not sure he's as bothered as he should be. It feels like. He's got full control of Rishi, and you know it, it sort of keeps spending. Um, deficit gets bigger and bigger. Um, somebody else's problem later when interest rates rise, and there's surely going to be you know some pain. And it yeah. just get the can gets kicked down the road. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, that's and my honest opinion. And
1: it's, yeah. and it's going, going to get worse. And then you, you've always got the impact and the effects of COVID, which aren't fully known yet, mm-hmm. and how, how long they're going to last. We're talking about uh, Brexit uh, just before we came on. Yeah. The impact of that isn't well known. Uh, mental health uh, over the last 18 months uh, has been a big challenge for people. I think the impact of that is going to be ginormous, by the way, Mark. Okay? Uh, and obviously, that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, so you're right. It is kicking the can down the road uh, and
0: making it worse for s- somebody else. Um interestingly on that, I also noticed the Office of Budget Responsibility think that um post-Brexit they've sort of taken the two thousand and sixteen numbers um and they, they now have got some visibility over where trade's going to be, and they think it's about 15% lower on imports and 15% lower on exports um, post-Brexit, um, which they think will lead to a decline of about 4% in productivity. So that's how much sort of economic activity each worker generates. Um, so obviously something to sort of think about. Even more reason for to, you know to, to get the company investing in mechanization, um, you know, in and in sort of digitization and, System and processes, systems yeah. processes, efficiency, and, and, yeah. yeah, efficiency to make each worker more productive. Didn't see much in the budget about that. Obviously, there was this sort of super, um, you know, capital allowances announcement in the last budget, um, but I yeah, the think, rea- too, yeah. yeah, but in reality, you know, there are so many ifs and buts, we've been through it. Um, I'm not sure it's gonna make that much difference. Um, One interesting thing that I saw was there's gonna be a 50% rates discount for um, hospitality, which should cover your serviced accommodation units. So that's relevant uh, and welcome. Um, So for those of you who've got serviced accommodation units, and you're paying council tax. I don't know. You may decide, you know, to to to. You should be paying business rates anyway, and you may decide to sort of get the VOA in. Um, I think quite a few people probably gets rates did relief did that because when there did yeah.
1: the ten thousand pound grant being offered uh, last year, I think yeah. uh, quite a few operators moved towards business rates. So, and if they have by the way, and then this is obviously going to be
0: very welcome news for them. Yeah, and small business rates relief yeah. as well. So, you you know, you may you may get away without sort of anything at all. Um, and interestingly, um, off the back of this, all of this information goes into the pot um, and it's sort of, um, it, 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 you know, you, you get a sort of boiling down and you get this sort of crystallized result. Um, and if you look at the stock market and you see how it reacts, you, you can pretty much see how the sort of collective economic mm. voice uh, or, or thinking process is uh, you know, as a, as a response to, to, to what the budget is. And if you look at all the house builders today, Persimmon, Taylor Wimpey, uh, Barclay Homes, Red Row, the shares are all up about 1%, uh, over 1%. So the market likes this for property development. Um, in terms of investment, uh, the, the big landlords, they look like they're up a little bit as well. Um, so all in all, not a bad budget um, for sort of investors. Obviously, more news will probably trickle out. More analysis. The devil's um, in the detail. What was it? Yeah, and there's
1: uh, 1.8 billion uh, being made available to buy 1,500 hectares of brownfield land. Uh, so I assume that's to build residential property.
0: And that no. I presume is is all part of this um, 24 billion for housing. Uh, yeah, they yeah. won't be double counting, will no. they? No, I <laughs> It'll it. all be in that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But we'll have to look so at, look at the detail. Brownfield
0: on that. sites, sites that have been previously in use. Yeah, maybe they've had buildings on them, or, or you know, other yeah. uses, car right. parks, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's always good to use those sorts of sites because you're not going to upset as many people. Um, you know, because you're not tearing up the green belt, um, and um, so you know. You know, they'd always like to call it, you know, you know we'll, we'll, we'll encourage development on brownfield sites because, um, you know, you upset less voters. Um, and that's what all these PD schemes are about. Obviously, you've got all these permitted development rights. Um, they're now active. Uh, lots of that is being done. I don't think the market fully understands all the implications of those. Um, so there's opportunity there. Um, along with, you know, the, 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 the amendment to... Planning use class, yeah. which happened a while ago. But if you look now, most buildings are in class E um, and they don't re- require planning consent, most commercial buildings, for change of use within class E. So you could have sort of retail in there, you could have an administrative centre, you could have an office, you could have uh, you know, an estate agency, all that sort of stuff. It's all bundled up into one use class now, which is very useful. So you maybe sort of buy one, leave the ground floor. Sort of uh, as a commercial unit, but especially in ch- the town centre, because I think yeah. uh,
1: local authorities uh, aren't keen to lose uh, retail on the ground floor, or at least part of the, part of the ground yeah. floor. So it, it makes the conversation easier.
0: But you could change the retail away from retail into maybe an office or a community hub. Or I'm just talking to um, sort of one of those type, a a big tenant at the moment. You know, and I don't need to apply for planning consent. Uh, It would be used as a sort of business hub. Uh, And it used to be A1 retail. Um, So, you know, buy those and then convert the uppers using other permitted development rights. Um, So sort of sidestep. Uh, You know, have a sort of watered down, use a watered down sort of planning process rather than a full planning application.
1: I'll tell you what's interesting though. There was a lot of talk about uh, addressing inheritance tax, capital gains tax. And Rishi's kind of stayed away from that because
0: he's probably had a steer, as you said, from Boris Johnson. Uh, You can just imagine it. He'll have come out with all the stuff he wants in terms of putting taxes up. And he's gone into Boris's office, into Number Ten, and, about, and just put a line through it all, and and just told him to go away. I mean, that's what it is. That what it feels like. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. <laughs> this is Boris's budget again, isn't it? Yeah. But mm-hmm. Boris would have said, Rishi, this
1: sounds <laughs> like a Labour budget. Yeah. You need to change all of this yeah, stuff here. Yeah. Take all these yeah, bits yeah, out, okay, yeah, yeah. and make it sound like good news. Yeah. But I think what's interesting, though, and I think it's going to be interesting for our listeners and viewers, is, I mean. Inheritance tax doesn't bring in that much money. Mm. Uh, and It's to, deeply unpopular. Very unpopular because yeah. it appears to people that they've worked hard all their lives yeah. uh, and then at the end, they've got to then pay but they've paid tax throughout their life, mm. yeah. be it income tax, corporation tax, possibly some capital gains tax, and then they have to pay inheritance tax. But an alternative view is to have some form of a wealth tax, mm. which is if you reach a particular level of wealth, be it 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, whatever, you have one kind of exit charge of a certain percent on that wealth, which doesn't affect everybody, but affects the top 5, 10, 15% of the population. Uh,
0: What are your views on that? Uh, Without knowing the detail, because it's not policy. It clearly, Shaz, I I think it's uh, manifestly unfair. Uh, I I feel like, you know, you pay taxes all those years to generate that wealth, uh, and then you're sort of, uh, you know, yeah, I could say double taxed, but you're double taxed anyway. You're taxed a third, a fourth, a fifth time on the money uh, that you've already paid tax. You know, on to generate. Um, what about all the people that don't have the income to pay that? Have they got to then sell assets to cover that? Um, you've got lots of old people. Uh, you know, retirees who might have an asset base. It's generating an income. Um, is that fair? Um I, I presume that exclude farmers. Um, yep. What about people's own homes? Um, it would just drive more people putting more equity or generating the equity into that. Uh, and if you're going to sort of have some sort of wealth tax on people's homes, what's going to happen to are people going to have to sell their homes? Like you have to sell sort of estates and things like that when, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's people die and they have an inheritance tax. Um, so, yeah, I'm bound to say it's it's it's. Unfair. Um, you know, and I think it's a real, um, it's just another reason why people are going to be put off generating wealth, generating jobs, generating new businesses, and why they're going to be more interested in basing themselves elsewhere. So, is your view that we should possibly scrap inheritance tax and not have anything to replace it and leave it at that? I'm so conflicted, aren't I? Because I'm, I'm bound to say yes. Uh, but of course, on the other hand, um, how do you pay for all this stuff? If this was me, Shaz, I, I would reduce public spending massively, far further than George Osborne ever did, and I'd reduce tax, and I'd try and... I would create, um, you know, a, an economy that goes uh, a lot faster, there's far higher investment, uh, and you generate tax from uh, increased economic activity. There's the Laffer curve. I don't know, you know, if, if you look at the Laffer curve, you know, the, it gets to a certain level of tax. Um, you know, you, I don't know where it is, but let's say it's 50, 55, <laughs> something yeah. like yeah. that. And your tax, as you go beyond that, your tax receipts actually reduce yeah. because economic activity reduces, um, you know, and, and, and people base themselves elsewhere and they spend most of their day trying to work out how to, and we're there, we've gone beyond that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's counterproductive. Um, that would be my view. Inheritance tax, I think, only affects four percent of people. So yeah. of course, income tax is the easier one, isn't it? Because you add Well, you I got more know, people having NI, yet, so. you yeah. add, you add whatever they did yeah. with NI. That's bigger today. You do that one yeah. percent or whatever, and it it just hits a far greater number of people. Um, I think what what I know is B though. Yeah, is we have people in charge in government
1: who do some stupid stuff with a lot of money. Yeah, uh, like that track and trace app and, and a few others like HS2 spending billions and billions and billions and I
0: don't know what to think about that because I, d- I just don't understand it enough
1: and then what they yeah. do is they basically expect you me and everybody li- listening right now and others of course uh, to pay more tax for mm. the stuff that they've screwed up mm. I think that's close. what unfair. it,
0: feel, it feel just continuously you know, it feels. Doesn't like matter that. if it's laboratory yeah. green, yeah. Lib Dem, whatever. it would be wasting that, all sorts.
1: Just, do, do you know what I mean? They're continuously that's, wasting. Yeah, also, yeah. and that—that's what I think a lot of people hate. I think, the, or the, the the other thing that you you talk about, I think reducing tax because I I have this conversation a lot with people. You know, yeah. What if tax were at ten percent? Yeah. How much more are are. are, are How much harder are people willing to work because they know they're keeping more of it. How many more jobs do they create? How much more do they contribute to uh, the local economy? It's been proven. But I think the the missing link with that probably would be how how much more do we spend on upskilling people, on education? Yeah,
0: but that's fine. If you spend it it on that sort of stuff, it's fine. Because that's clearly going to, A, generate the biggest benefit to the individual, uh, and to the economy, and it just goes round in a big circle. It's a lot of this other nonsense, which anyway I'll probably be slightly unpopular. So, I'll keep
1: no, my views to myself. You're very popular, mm. and I can. I'm, I'm going to hand you a form to sign up to the Labour Party this afternoon, mm, yes. and then you can enter local politics in Stamford.
0: I'm, I'm not on Labour. I be a grand job. I'm not. I'm all this, you know, Keir Starmer stuff about VAT on school fees, education, and. Um, you know, they can uh, afford it. They taking, can afford taking the charitable status away. All these kids whose parents are not paying, uh, are not taking a, a place in the state system, are now probably going to be putting the kids into a school that's probably going to be f- around forty percent worse off if they do that. Um, and then increasing taxing, taxation on unearned income, you know, from sort of investments on buy to let, as they put it, easy target and well, uh, you there there other, other you, investments. Yeah, it so is kind of 360, isn't it? Again, feels manifestly unfair. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, particularly keen on any of them, shall if I'm honest, yeah. at the moment.
1: I think people who send their children to
0: private school, they say... Yeah, a bit like easy them, touch, you know, easy they'd, touch. They'd, they'd, yeah.
1: they'd be okay. Yeah. They get value for money anyway. They'd, most of them are going to be okay, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Including you and me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: send my child to private school. He's two and a half. When he's four or four yeah. and a half? That decision yeah. is yet to be made. Yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, time will tell, yeah.
1: But as, um, well, I think it, it, there's gotta be a system where it's seen to be fair to both the business world uh, and yeah. also uh, the country at large. And I think uh, quite often I think politicians don't think about things Hard enough, I think, I mean, I, this isn't a pitch for any any particular person, but I think if you look at the past, politicians like Harold Wilson, Ted Heath, to some extent, Margaret Thatcher, Tony Blair, whether people like him or dislike him is, is a different thing, uh, but, but you could tell they used to think about things a lot. Mm. So when, when you listen, listen to the interviews and hear them speak, they can articulate a particular policy pretty well because they've thought about it. Mm. I think that's missing nowadays in politics.
0: No, I, I think you're probably right, actually. Yeah. I, I think someone comes up with an idea it looks just popular. It doesn't plasters. matter where it They're is. Sticky plasters, yeah, it, doesn't look where, it doesn't matter where it is on yeah. the political divide. And the, the government of the day just go, oh, we'll have that because yeah. we're going to be popular. It's not about ideology. Yeah. It's just about votes and, and gaining power at all costs. And
1: yeah. just to loop
0: back... There's no
1: consequence because the consequences make the masses pay for our mistakes. Four or five. And that needs to change, cons-
0: Consequences come four or five, 10 years later. Yeah. You need a 30-year plan, like the Chinese do, uh, and, and it needs to be rigid, and they need to, to stick to it, yeah. Should we introduce the Chinese system? Well, I d- I d- d- I d- yeah, I, that's one little, I'd use that as an example. Okay, okay. I wanted to be clear, and This is just good- No, the, 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 this sort of long-term planning, uh, you know and and, and having a, a sort of quite a rigid uh you know infrastructure spending know mean, yeah. which which i think you know they really need to do uh, you know we've got this sort of power crisis at the moment why the hell haven't they been building nuclear power stations which is probably the the a big part of the solution to the the issue that we've got at the moment climate change and gas and and, and lack of sort of um you know energy and this this addiction to fossil fuels Uh, apparently Rolls-Royce have got small reactors now. They could put these in sort of town. Sounds like they might be getting on with it, but they need a long-term plan with all this Some of these
1: things they know about, because you've got to appreciate that government has more information than you and I have, Mm. and they should be working on facts. So I I was talking to somebody who trains HGV drivers, and he was telling me that they've seen a shortage which started five years ago. So this isn't new. So the government would have known about this, but like you said, they've been kicking the can down the road, okay, uh, hoping that things weren't going to get worse. And look where we are now. And that's the problem. I don't think
0: Brexit and the pandemic helped, did it, in terms no. of uh, lorry drivers? Uh, Do you think it was more Brexit or uh, more COVID? Well, if you don't have uh, you know, tests for lorry drivers and the DVLA practically shuts um, and they're not issuing licences, um, that's not going to help, is it? Yeah. And then, of course, I'm sure lots of lorry drivers went home back to Europe. Uh, and less, much less, have been coming. So who knows how much of each of those things it is because as soon as there's a sort of, uh, you know, it becomes conflated, doesn't it? All these issues come together and one side will argue it's more this than that, but actually it's, it's, it's very difficult to dissect them and work out the influence of each thing. So as
1: a departing question, if Mark Homer were Chancellor of the Exchequer, well,
0: what would your top three policies be? I know I'm putting you in the spot, but reduce taxation to to what level? Re, re, well, I, I don't know what the level is at the moment. Uh, what you mean income? T- I'd, I'd probably do a Singapore where we harmonise uh, You mean you you probably have a, just a set rate. Yeah. Um, I'd 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 create a. Um, uh, really, really upset the EU, create a, a sort of Singapore on the edge of Europe, uh, introduce, as Boris said he was going to do, huge free trade zones um, where there's almost no taxation, no duty. Um, massive investment into technology, and I'm sure we could put it into sort of green energy and all this sort of stuff. Um, become massively competitive from a, a taxation point of view, from a, a skills point of view and a technology point of view on, on the edge of Europe try and generate use that to generate the extra uh, income we need cut spending um, I, I probably would reduce welfare and various you know uh, other things that we're um, you know it feels like we're we're, we're, we're spending a lot on uh, and and sort of replace that with higher paid jobs and more of them uh, and plow a load of money into education um, that's what I would do I'll keep that Labour Party membership from to the side for now, I think.
1: I'll, I'll bring it out some other time. Uh, and what one thing would you do for property investors?
0: Well, I'd take away Section 24 immediately. I, I you that, by You've probably seen what's happened to rents. In fact, I'm probably not that bothered anymore because rents have gone up. I mean, if you look at a three-bed house around here 10 years ago, 500 550 a month. Now, yeah. eight to 850 Thank you, George Osborne. Yeah. Uh, when you... Effectively, remove the ability for people to offset all the mortgage interest against the rent, therefore increasing their income tax bill massively and pushing all of those properties into limited companies. You, what you were effectively doing was taxing tenants. Uh, And here is the result rents are going up massively, um, as are you know, uh, sort of you know, rents in the the the. um, you know, in the, in in the uh, with affordable housing and you know the registered providers, they they they're all going up, uh, and it's primarily, I think, because of that. Because there are less landlords, there are less um, uh, housing houses, flats in the, in the private sector. Uh, stamp duty obviously went up, and and the whole messaging has has gone sort of anti landlord, and um, so that's the first thing I do. Uh, extra stamp duty on, you know, sort of buy-to-let purchases. I I mean, from a sort of really um, uh, uh, selfish point of view, I don't really want him to do it because it's benefiting the existing landlords. You know, if you're in a limited company, I think it's great. But if you want to, you know, control rents and actually give tenants an easier ride, this is what they need to do. Um, They probably need to back off on some of the legislation uh, or at least enforce the legislation that is already there, because there is a mountain of legislation in residential lettings, which you know, fine. We've all had to adapt and you know, sort of get get, get our ducks in a row and, and get this stuff sorted. But it is a, a real disincentive and a barrier to entry to new people. Again, from a, a sort of personal and selfish point of view, we've done. You know, we, we we're compliant. We've done all the work. We've we've got the properties to the standard and you know, got them licensed, all the rest of it. So. You know, in terms of my wallet, a higher barrier to entry is great. Uh, but I'm not sure it's great for tenants and I'm not sure it's great for a, a sort of um, advanced and dynamic labor market in this country to enable people to move around, uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, provide all the labor that we need for all of these industries.
1: But let's go to show that, obviously, we were talking about earlier that, that uh, some of the politicians don't think through in terms of the policy. How badly thought out Section 24
0: was you, I, in, in terms of the impact,
1: because when 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 you increase the price of something, they must have known.
0: Chaz, they must have known. They must have known this is what it would do. They probably just thought, how can we generate more tax? This come. is what we'll do, and the tenants will end up paying it. Or do you really believe that they believed that by increasing landlords' uh, cost of operating their businesses, that it wasn't going to increase rents and reduce the number of landlords? I think they would have thought
1: landlords may attempt to increase rent. Yeah. Tenants won't pay any more rent, so the landlords, who are yeah. the greedy guys, who have got loads of money making, yeah. hundreds of millions of pounds, are going to have to fork out for the cost themselves. Mm. Or, or perhaps that was Maybe. the hope in uh, Mr. Osborne.
0: And well, it was someone at the Treasury apparently that dreamed it up. Um, we saw all these ideas own. come from policymakers. makers yeah. uh, In white, I 10, mean, aren't they're they? smart. A lot of those guys are really smart and they will, well, I would assume they would understand basic economics, isn't it? Yeah. You reduce the supply of something, you keep the demand the same or more, the price goes up. It's really not that complicated. Yeah, but you know,
1: smart people do stupid stuff like Nick Leeson or whatever, the guy was at
0: Bearings? do you remember? Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, so sometimes smart people do that that kind of stuff. What, What would you do to
0: planning policy? Oh, well, I mean i mean that's really simple isn't it um you know speed it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not going to go into too many specifics shaz um but you know from a personal point of view and i know you've sort of experienced similar um you know i've had issues um and stuff has taken too long and there's been too much bureaucracy around it so i absolutely would um move more towards you know in the us they have a model whereby. You know, if you build in a certain area, um, you know, you have sort of standard parameters, a bit like building regs. If you yeah. if you build the property like this, this high, this size, this whatever. It's not a, a sort of oh maybe somebody's decision or whatever. It's like building regs. Yeah. If you meet that criteria, it, it gets done. Do you see yeah. what I mean? And yeah. That's what they need to sort of move towards. Give people not, a bit more certainty. Not yeah. everywhere, you know, and of course there are lots of areas of know conservation areas and there are lots of they're different aren't they but yeah, yeah listed buildings and all this sort of stuff and i know they've tried to do this to some extent with permitted development um but i suspect they need to move to that sort of framework on new build properties as well um to give developers certainty because of course again from a personal point of view it benefits me to have less new housing because yeah. the stuff i've got the value rises more and the rents rise more but if you really want to sort of solve the housing crisis, that you have to build more houses. That is the only real solution, and the way to do that is to fix fix the planning system in this country. Make it simpler, easier, and quicker. It's simpler, easier, quicker, and and probably whoever whoever the you know is in charge, whoever the party in charge of the day is, they need to grow some balls and 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 sort of deal with the, the, the nimbyism and the, the you know this sort of green movement who you know, uh, seem to have a lot of sway in terms of home counties and not not building in the green belt and all that sort of stuff. They're going to have to do it.
1: I think you would make a wonderful Chancellor, by the way. Shaz. Uh, Mark.
0: Labour Chancellor, by the way. OK. Is that us done for today? <laughs> I, think we're, I think we've done. We've, 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 we've chewed the fat, put the world to rights. So that's been Mark Homer and Shaz Nawaz for this budget update. Bye.